Today in Science from Wired. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. Let's do the shocking physics of why power lines sag. By Rhett Elaine. You might look at an overhead power line and see an engineering problem. After all, those transmission towers are impressively huge. But if you've ever seen those cables, you probably noticed they seem to hang fairly low. Why they hang low is a great physics question that can be modeled with masses and springs. Basic model for hanging a cable. Let's start by creating a model. Suppose I string a cable between two points, so it is supported horizontally from the ends. Obviously, the total force on this cable must be the zero vector, because the cable is in equilibrium. This means the sum of the forces from the two endpoints must be equal in magnitude to the gravitational force. Yes, a gravitational force acts on the cable, because the cable has mass. Massless cables exist only in physics homework problems. But what about the forces acting on only a small portion of the cable? Imagine that I can isolate a section near the middle, where the cable hangs lowest. Since this piece also is in equilibrium, the net force must be zero. Zero vector. You can see that three forces act on this piece of cable. Gravitational force pulls down, of course, with a magnitude dependent upon the value of the gravitational field and the mass of the section of cable. Tension provides the other two forces, which should be tangent on the cable, and the same magnitude at the bottom. Seeing this, you understand why the cable must droop. Because the cable has mass, and therefore a gravitational force pulling down, there must be an upward component of the tension to keep it at rest. A truly horizontal cable would have no upward force to balance the downward gravitational force. Yes, you can reduce the sag by increasing the tension, but you'll never get the cable horizontal. Numerical model of cable sag. You can mathematically derive the sag in a cable, an exercise that gets you the famous catenary cable shape. 
You often find this in advanced mechanics courses. Of course, I like doing things a little differently, so I will derive the sag with a Python model using masses and springs, which looks something like this. I thought about drawing a diagram, but found writing a program easier. But how does it work? Look at each mass, well, not the two on the ends, and you see four forces acting on them. The gravitational force pulling straight down, the spring force from the stretch or compression of the spring on the left, the spring force from the stretch or compression of the spring on the right, a drag force proportional to the mass velocity. This ensures the masses don't continue moving around forever. The great thing about these forces is you can calculate them at any instant since they depend on the position and velocity of the mass. Once I know the total force on a particular mass, I can determine the change in momentum and the change in position. Yes, doing this for many masses quickly grows tedious, which is why I use a computer. Comparing a numerical model to real data. You could make a numerical model that looks cool, but unless you compare it to actual data, you've created a video game, not a useful model. I'm a physicist, not a game developer, so let's get some data. Instead of a cable, I'm going to use a string of beads, because you can find them all over the place in Louisiana. No, a string of beads is not a cable, but it has a fair amount of mass that makes it easier to measure the tension using a force probe. So here's the plan. I will measure the tension on one side of the cable and the vertical drop in the middle, the sag. Then I can change the span distance and measure again. For comparison, I will use a numerical model with the same mass and length as the string of beads. In this case, I broke it into 20 pieces. It looks like this. If you want to play with the code, just click the pencil icon. I'll suggest a few changes in the homework questions below. Now I can make the span size of my model the same as the beads and compare the tension and vertical drop. It's not a perfect match, but close enough for me. Homework. If you want to experiment a little, let me offer some things to consider. What happens if you increase or decrease the number of masses in the numerical model? Warning, things can get crazy with a large number of masses. If this happens, try refining your code. The numerical model uses small springs between the masses. What happens if you change the spring constant? One problem I experienced was determining the length of the cable. In my method, all of the masses start off in a line between the two endpoints. Of course, the cable is longer than the distance between the endpoints, which leads to some weird behavior at the beginning. See if you can revise the code to prevent this. I used fixed points in my code. What happens if one of the endpoints is free? You shouldn't have much difficulty modifying the code to do this. Find the mathematical equation for a catenary cable and see how well the mathematical function and the numerical model agree with each other.
What happens to the magnitude of the tension as you move down the cable? Try modeling a cable with endpoints at different heights. Take a look at an actual overhead power line. Estimate the diameter and density of the cable and determine the tension needed to achieve the drop height you see. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.